Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome. My name is John. I serve as the executive pastor here at Access, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. I have several objects in front of me that I want to show you. And as I show them to you, try to figure out what do these objects share in common, okay? So here's the first one. Bottle of water. Second, some floss. Third, cauliflower. And fourth, this weight. So what do you think? What do these objects share in common? You probably guessed it. These are things that we know we should do, but often we don't, or we don't like doing them, right? Eating vegetables, eating more vegetables, drinking more water, flossing regularly, going to the gym to work out. So let me ask you another question. Do you think it would be fair for me to add this to the list, the Bible? I think a really strong case could be made that many Christians have this kind of relationship with the scriptures. It's something we know we should do. We know that being in God's word is good for us. But then when it actually comes down to opening up the Bible and reading it, we struggle and we have a hard time. Uh, or maybe we do read the Bible, but it feels more like a box to be checked. It feels more like a chore rather than something that we love and delight in. Can you relate to any of those feelings at all? I know I can, and maybe you can too. We're in a series called Amazing Grace, which is a nod to the great hymn written by John Newton. And we've been looking uh, at fresh ways that we might think about and engage in worship, especially during this time when many of the normal ways that we typically connect with God have been stripped away from us, at least temporarily. And the scriptures have been central to our worship of God for the people of God for all times. Um, because the scriptures are one of the most tangible expressions of God's amazing grace. You see, the scriptures bear witness to reality that I think you and I sometimes take for granted, that we worship a God who speaks. You know, in times of desperation, humanity often speaks to God. Even people who may not even believe in God will sometimes cry out to God in a moment of crisis and say, God, if you're, you know, if you're out there, help me through this and that. But what's truly amazing is that God speaks back. Yahweh speaks to his creation. And in fact, this is one of the distinctive markers of God, the God of the Bible vis-a-vis -vis false idols and false gods. Consider, for example, what the Old Testament writer says in Habakkuk. He says, what good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation, a God that can't even talk. So what's the fundamental problem with idols or false gods? They can't talk. They have nothing to say. But God speaks. He spoke the universe into existence. Let there be. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. I am that I am. He spoke to Rebecca when she was expecting and told her that she would be having twins. He spoke to Elijah as he despaired his life in a still, small voice. He spoke to Jesus as he was baptized, and he said to his son, 
This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And God continues to speak to us. In the scriptures, what we have is a gift, the amazing grace of God's very words to us. Words that reveal the existence and the beauty and the worthiness of God. Words that inspire us to be better and to do better. Words that correct and rebuke us when we go astray. Words that comfort and give us hope when we are hurting and in pain. Words that guide and confusion. And words that equip us to live a, well, a life well lived. Second Timothy says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This book, from Genesis to Revelation, isn't any ordinary book. It's a book whose very words are God-breathed. Other translations uh, render that as given by inspiration. The amazing idea is that God has breathed his very spirit into the words, the thoughts, and the writings of people who followed, worshipped, and wrestled with God. This in itself is a mystery and a miracle that echoes the mystery and the miracle of the incarnation. That Jesus can be both simultaneously fully divine, fully God, and fully human. And so what we have in the scriptures is the corollary in written form of two things, of a book of writings that are fully written by people, flesh and blood in a specific time and context, and a scripture, a book that's written by God himself. These two come together in the scriptures. These scriptures, they teach us, they rebuke us, they correct us, they train us. But perhaps most important of all, the words of the scriptures enable us to know and worship God. They enable us to know a God who wants to know us. Because words are critical. They are critical knowing a person, aren't they? Words shared and exchanged foster connection and closeness. Because just think of what happens when words are withheld. Have you ever been on the receiving end of someone who is giving you the cold shoulder uh, or who won't talk to you for an extended period of time? That hurts. It can feel really isolating. A cold shoulder stinks. But words spoken from someone that we love and we cherish, that draws us closer to them. And God's words are like that. They are a gift given to us that we might enjoy a life-giving connection with God. This is how we view the Bible. The Bible is a gift to us. We say that it is inspired. We say that it is living and active. We say that it is God's word. And yet, for some reason, what we say doesn't always translate into how we feel about the Bible and how we actually interact with the Bible. So I'd like to show you uh, a video clip of a group of uh, Chinese Christians, um, some Christians in China, who are opening up a suitcase full of Bibles. 
The video quality isn't very good. It's not very clear, but the message is really clear. When I first saw this video, man, I felt this combination of inspiration and really deep conviction, even guilt. And I thought to myself, man, if I even had a modicum of the fervor that these Christians have for the Bible, that, that'd be game changing. And yet this is the kind of fervor that the scripture talks about people having for the word of God. Listen to Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's words are sweeter than honey. They are more delightful than the best food or dessert. We are made to crave and desire God's word, to delight in it. And I know that for some of you watching, this is in fact your experience with the scriptures. You love God's word and you are in it daily and you seek to apply it in your life to the best of your ability. It shapes who you are, your thought life and your attitudes and how you live. And if that is you, I just want to say that's awesome. You know, keep up the good work. However, I know that for many people, I might even say most people and even many sincere followers of Jesus, they do not feel this way about the Bible. Uh, it's honestly more in the same category as flossing. <laughs> and there might be a variety of reasons for that. I'm not here to condemn, but I do think that one of the reasons is that many people have not experienced or tasted the word of God as living. They have not experienced it as this joyful thing that shapes their life and their, their connection with God. And what I mean uh, is that many people have tried to read the Bible uh, and uh, for a variety of reasons, it ends up feeling dry and unaccessible, like reading a textbook. Uh, it's hard to understand or know how to apply it to our daily lives. And so maybe you can relate to this. Maybe once a year, you hear a message like this about the Bible. And so it kind of convicts you or you feel motivated to give reading the Bible another try. And so you decide to start in the beginning in Genesis. And for a couple of weeks, you're going strong. You're making progress. But then uh, eventually over a few months, you eventually get to Leviticus. And then all of a sudden, all that motivation, all that Bible fervor just shrivels up and dies. Have you experienced that before? And this is during a normal year. And we are living in anything but one. And during this pandemic, I 
I imagine there are a lot of us who are having a especially hard time engaging in the scriptures during this pandemic. Uh, it's like the spiritual clothes that fit us before the, the pandemic, they no longer fit because the, you know, we, we had this sudden pandemic and all of a sudden the clothes and routines and uh, rituals and rhythms that we were used to no longer worked for us. But it's been so jarring that we haven't actually been able to find new clothes that fit. And I want to impress the urgency of finding new spiritual clothes during this time because uh, this pandemic and all the stress that's come with it, all the anxiety, all the uncertainty has really put a strain on our relationship with others and with God. And it's like the constant barrage of bad news is just really difficult to take in. And we need ways to recalibrate. We need ways to re-anchor ourselves. And that's what the scriptures are. They are a gift to God given to us to help us to realign ourselves with what is true, to reconnect with God and to know that God is with us and that God loves us deeply. For me, the scriptures have been a real lifeline during this pandemic. More than I I could have hoped, more than I can have imagined, the scriptures have helped to keep me sane. They've helped to encourage me when I felt really discouraged, they've helped me to keep on taking one step at a time and approaching the day with faith and with hope. So I wanna share a few ways of engaging with scripture that have been a great help to me and which I hope might help you begin to uh, engage with God's word, maybe in a new way um, that might result in you beginning to delight in God's word. So uh, they are savoring, conversing and studying, savoring, conversing and studying. So let's talk about savoring. What's your favorite food or thing to eat? Well, savor the word of God as you would savor that thing. You know, to take it, take it down slowly, to appreciate it. You don't just wolf down the whole thing all at once, right? You take a small bite and you let the flavors kind of just simmer on your tongue. You notice, you absorb. And so instead of breezing through a chapter or multiple chapters of the Bible, perhaps you might spend a season of time. And by a season, I mean weeks, even months, just savoring one or two verses of the Bible. Most Bible plans are designed to get you through large chunks of the Bible, right? Going through the Bible in a year. So you read a chapter of this, the Old Testament, a chapter of New Testament, maybe a Psalm or a proverb. But what I'm talking about is actually the opposite of that. So for example, in our men's group this past summer, we spent four weeks just kind of camped out on Hebrews chapter 12, one to two. We spent four weeks just sort of savoring the and unpacking different words um, in this verse. And it felt like afterwards, there's still more that we could do. Uh, There was a period of time um, for actually about a year that God actually had me just sitting in one verse, Matthew 3, 17, savoring it in, taking it in. And it said this, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Of course, God was saying that to Jesus, but I felt like I was in a season where God was trying to teach me how to receive those words for myself. And in that year plus of savoring on that verse, I began to better understand and receive my identity 
as one in whom God delights, as one who is beloved. So maybe during this pandemic, there's like one verse that God wants you to hold on to, close to your heart, to savor it and take it in deeply. If you're not sure, you know, what verse to do that with, let me just offer a few suggestions. Verses like Romans chapter, chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Or Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Or Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Or Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Access Church, is there... Is there a verse uh, or a couple of verses that have really spoken to you during this pandemic? I wonder if you might go ahead and share that in the chat so that we can sort of crowdsource a, a list of encouraging scriptures that you and I might savor during these challenging times. So let's savor God's word. Second, let's converse with the scriptures. By this, I mean, let's talk to God as we read the Bible. Let it evoke questions. Let it stir our imagination. Let it lead to prayers. So when you read the Bible, have you ever asked God, God, you know, what do you want me to know? Um, have you ever told God, God, I don't understand this or I'm troubled by what I'm reading? Conversing with the scripture treats God's word as alive. It treats it, uh, it honors God's word. Conversing makes room for us to wrestle with the scriptures and to wrestle with the truth. Too often, I think we treat the scriptures like this manual that offers black and white instructions, detailed instructions black and, that are black and white. Or we treat it like a magic eight ball that just provides simplistic answers. And yes, the scriptures are the absolute truth. And God is absolutely trustworthy. But we must humbly uh, acknowledge that our interpretation of the scriptures and our application of scriptures are never infallible. And so we wrestle with what the scripture says and what it means to us and how it applies to our lives. Conversing can look like praying through the scriptures. Um, you know, it can look like let, letting what you read uh, turn into a prayer as you talk with God and converse with God about it. So, for example, let's say you're reading Romans chapter 8. Uh, praying through it might look like pausing at various points 
in the verses and talking to God about it. So let's say you're reading verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then you might pray to God as you read that, God, this pandemic is really hard. And I wish, I wish that it would end. But I'm choosing to believe that nothing can separate me from your love. Nothing can separate my family. Nothing can separate my loved ones from you. So help me to believe that today. Help me to believe that. And then let's say you continue reading in verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then so you pray, God, give me the strength to conquer. You say that I'm more than a conqueror. So help me to conquer the challenges that are in front of me right now. God, I, I, I'm wrestling with doubt. I'm wavering, but give me the strength. Help me. All right, so that, that's just a little example of what it might look like to read the scriptures and then to let that just translate directly into prayer and conversation with God. So let's not only savor the word, let's converse with the scriptures. And then third, let's study the word. Let's study the word as if we're fascinated by it. Uh, during this pandemic, my twins have become fascinated with the solar system. There's uh, a number of books that we have where there's like one page that deals with the solar system and the planets. And they always want to read that one page like over and over again. Uh, they've begun to ask us to watch YouTube videos about the solar system that compares like the size of the planets, uh, the size of Venus to the earth, to the size of, you know, the sun to Jupiter. I mean, uh, they love it. And through all their study, they've learned that Mars has two moons, uh, Phobos and Deimos. Um, they've also learned that Uranus can be pronounced Uranus and Uranus. Uh, I prefer the latter for obvious reasons. But man, my twins love studying and learning about the solar system. I think we can learn something about that fervor for studying the word of God. I actually think many of us might have been involved in campus ministries where like the bread and butter was all about studying the manuscript. Do you remember that? Those of you guys were involved in campus ministries in college where we would look at the context where we would take a deep dive into words. We would use a concordance. Y'all remember that? Um, and uh, our, our love of God's word really grew. And I think many of us might have put those tools on the shelf and maybe we needed to for a season, but Perhaps it's time to dust those tools off and to begin uh, again to study the Word of God. And by what by that, what I mean is this: maybe it looks like taking one book of the Bible, doing a deep dive into that book. And so maybe you start by reading the book of the Bible, like Mark or Micah, from cover to cover, just to get an overall sense of the flow of the the, the book, of the writing, of the author's intent. And then you go back and you read it again. And then you go back and you just start to go chapter by chapter, outlining each chapter, uh, looking for common themes and uh, asking questions and, and studying God's word that way. In this way, you can become like an amateur expert 
in a particular book of the Bible. I've done this in various seasons of my walk with God, and it's proved very, very fruitful. I've mined the text for, for truth and for encouragement. I write it down in my journal. If you're wondering um, how you can get started on this, I wanted to offer a really simple uh, yet very helpful devotional that my friend David Yu suggested to me. Uh, Yu version has this great um, uh, devotional on the Shema, which is based on Deuteronomy 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And so what this devotional does is it takes six words of this verse and it just does a deep dive into the Hebrew. Uh, I went through it and I found it immensely enlightening and very helpful. So savor the word, converse with the scriptures and study God's word. I hope these might give you some new ideas, new ways of engaging with the scripture. It might be a challenge to try them all on. So, you know, just try one, just pick one and experiment with it. You know, try it, try it with the scriptures for the next month and see how it fits you. And if it doesn't fit, no problem, just move on to the next thing. Um, but the, the awesome thing is you'll have gained some new tools and new ways of engaging with scripture. But here's the point in all this. You know, it's one thing to receive a gift, it's a whole other thing to then take that gift, to open it, to use it, to appreciate it, and to love it. That's my hope for us, church, that during this pandemic, we might rediscover the gift of the scriptures, that we would take it, that we would open it, that we would read it and begin to appreciate and love God's word so that we might love and worship God more. I want to invite us into uh, just a brief moment of reflection and quiet. And so in the next few moments, just sit with the question, what is God saying to you this morning? Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity. In Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus. Amen. Hi, I'm Tiffany and I'm one of the co-facilitators of the group called Multi-Ethnicity Through the Eyes of Moses. In this community, we'll get to do a really deep dive into the life of Moses, specifically the beginning of his life, and just really going through his multi-ethnic journey. Then we'll also have the opportunity on our own to share our multi-ethnic journeys with each other. So again, I'm just really excited to hold this group again, um, and I'm really hoping that I can see and hear more stories soon. Greetings, friends. For those of you who don't know me, 
My name is Victor Chow, and I'll be leading an access group this fall called The Journey to Wholeness, a Faith Walking 101 course. Faith Walking is a spiritual formation ministry based in Houston whom Access partners with to provide opportunities such as this. I hope you'll consider joining me in exploring what it means to be on mission with Jesus and live the abundant life, as well as the obstacles that keep us from that. Admittedly, you'll be significantly challenged along the way as you'll be asked to put in a great deal of time and effort. And in doing so, I believe God will illuminate your understanding of yourself and Him in ways you were previously unaware of. I hope to see you soon. Hi, my name is Margaret Lin, and I will be leading a book study on The Color of Compromise with Camille Laws. Reading this book together, we will learn about and discuss the history of racism in the U.S. and the role that the church has played in it. We will also practice lament as we reflect on what we have learned and how we can do better as Christians. Camille and I are really excited for the discussions that we're going to have, and we look forward to seeing y'all there.